What's the best Civil War movie ever made? What's the worst? We'll ask Brian Steele Wills about his new book on the war in cinema when we return on Civil War Talk Radio. It's the one level playing field in business, the Internet. It's where an artisan working out of a small shop can look bigger than a multinational corporation. But to achieve this level of visibility, your company's website needs a developer who knows the net and how to make it work. Your company needs Apsio. Apsio's success comes from producing websites that reflect the attitudes and uniqueness of their respective organizations. Make a great first impression on the web. Choose Apsio, A-P-S-Y-O. For more info, visit www.apsio.com. You're listening to World Talk Radio, where the world comes to talk. Welcome back to Civil War Talk Radio. I'm Jerry Prokopovich, talking today with Brian Steele Wills, author of A Battle from the Start, The Life of Nathan Bedford Forrest. In our first two segments, we talked about uh, Forrest's personality and some of the uh, more notorious moments in his career, the massacre at Fort Pillow, the uh, membership in the Ku Klux Klan, the alleged membership in the, the Klan after the war. And we could talk uh, another good hour or two or three on these subjects. I would recommend to everyone listening, uh, read this book. It's a very interesting uh, story, but a, certainly a fascinating character. And... Uh, Brian, I, I was impressed as I went through the the, the tightrope you walk uh, as you write the book. It's, you don't hide the fact that that you you are fascinated by Forrest, but you're not shy about pointing out where where he's responsible for atrocities, where uh, he does things that are repugnant to 21st century sensibilities. Um, well, and frankly, repugnant to any sensibilities. Anytime you do something that you shouldn't do, you know, that that's a moral issue, and that uh, is timeless. But I will say that as far as far as one of the things that I appreciated the most was the comment that I tried to, to understand him warts and all, because I feel like to just box him in as, and condemn him, and I had... Uh, one professor at the University of Georgia, for instance, who said he was worse than Hitler. And I said, well, that lets Hitler off the, the off very easy. Um, I didn't feel that way, certainly, about him, but I also don't feel like he's a saint. I don't feel like he's done something that uh, uh, that sh- that uh, is fl- lived a life that's flawless or lived a life that, uh, that again, at almost any time you wouldn't say uh, these are choices you, you would uh, not make yourself or you wish that he had not made. And I tried to understand him as best that I could. I will say, you know, titles are funny. If they look for a battle from the start, they're not going to find it unless they go to uh, something like eBay or something that uh, has some uh, history to it because uh, the book has been reprinted, but it's reprinted under a different title, The Confederacy's Greatest Cavalryman Out of Kansas Press. And, uh, And Kansas, of course, wanted to work up the notion of confederacy and cavalrymen uh, in many ways, you know, he used horses to get to the battlefield, but then he won his fame oftentimes uh, putting his men on the ground and uh, more than once had commanders who would say that his men fought as well as infantry. And I think Forrest was the kind of person that would have 
necessarily enjoyed that kind of comment. But to give you one final thought about Forrest, yeah. uh, before we touch on other things you might be interested in, his famous line is that he got there first with the most, and it's been distorted to firstest with the mostest. But if you look at his career, he doesn't get there firstest with the mostest most of the time. What he gets there is on time with enough. And I think if he were actually saying what he actually did, that's what he would say. But he felt first with the most was what he was supposed to say. That's what you're supposed to do. And that if he didn't do that, somehow he was less of a commander, when in fact we admire him if we do as a military commander for being able to accomplish so much with so little. It, how many times, uh, I, I was struck by how many times he, he shows up at a point on the battlefield or, or makes contact with the enemy with himself and his personal escort, a few hundred soldiers, and that's the that's the decisive moment. The, that's the Schwerpunkt, uh, as, as the, the German analyst would say. That's the the key point of the breakthrough, that, and it's led by him personally and a handful of men, not the most by any means. And that's very true. And of course, one of my favorite uh, stories about uh, him doing that is at Parker's Crossroads, where again he ends up uh, he, he gets between two forces and ends up having to improvise to save himself. And, of course, the famous legend is that he's standing in the stirrup saying, charge them both ways, when, in fact, whether he actually said that or not, that's, in essence, what he did because he didn't have any other choice. Battlefield, for him, was a place to exercise common sense, to do what made sense, and to use, again, human nature to his best advantage, both in what he did to try to encourage his men, but also to discourage the enemy. And Forrest was a master at that human nature. He was a master at applying terrain, understanding terrain. He once said about a scout that it was important to know where the enemy ain't as to where the enemy is. And uh, that was very important. Of course, if you're going to raid, you want to be able to move around uh, troops, not necessarily, uh, you know, just, just uh, go blindly. And Forrest was aware of that. And he understood terrain. He understood weather. Uh, but I'll just say one other thing about him. Bryce's Crossroads is his famous moment. And after the battle, he lays out exactly how he had planned to carry out that battle. And, of course, that's after the fact he's explaining what he's just done. And he makes it appear as if that's what he had anticipated all along. And the question is, as Forrest was such a, uh, an excellent storyteller, he was able to, uh, to weave and, and, and create stories that oftentimes put him at the center of action or center of attention when he may or may not have been. And you have to wonder whether he really planned out this battle the way he remembered afterwards that he had done, or whether that was just, again, part of the way he sold what he did, sold who he was, to anyone that would listen. Which, in turn, becomes part of his arsenal, because he's worth, was it they said Napoleon's name was worth 20,000 men on the battlefield? Uh, Forrest's name is clearly worth uh, five or 10,000 in the eyes of the Union commanders who face him. Uh, that's true. And uh, that that self promotion or self uh, uh, spin uh, certainly pays off. Well, you mentioned briefly that you have a new book uh, about uh, the Civil War in movies, which yeah, I, I heard about. Uh, uh, and, uh, actually, I would also like to mention uh, to listeners about a book that I'm very proud of that came out a few years ago called The War Hits Home which is an examination of southeastern Virginia during the war. And I think when you talk about the personal stories, the individuals that went through what they went through are far more typical than, the, than some of the books that we all write about the Gettysburgs and the other 
big engagements. Uh, ordinary citizens went through so much, and one of my favorite movies is Pharaoh's Army because it deals with how one small family confronts a small patrol of Union soldiers, and they interact and deal with each other in the worst of circumstances for each. Well, that so the war hit some. So let's get them all on the table here. The okay. The Forrest book has been reprinted, and the new title is the Confederacy's Greatest Cavalryman. Confederacy's Greatest Cavalryman. Even though he's really a dragoon, as you point out, he fights right. dismounted. I think that'd have been a better, better. You know, my major professor, when he wrote his book about about uh, about Jeb Stewart, wrote Bold Dragoon. I always thought dragoon less applied to. To Stuart and to Forrest, but that was my opinion. Well, I think yes, Stuart <laughs> does fight on horseback more than than than. Uh, and then this Forrest other does. book that came out was a book uh, on southeastern Virginia called "The War Hits Home" that University of Virginia published, and uh, and then the more recent book is by Roman and Littlefield, and it's uh, the "Gone with the Glory" is what it's called, the Civil War in Cinema. Now that is that's just out recently. Yes, it's literally just come out this fall. Okay, I remember I talked to uh, someone at that publisher last spring, and they mentioned you were working on it, and I, I have been looking for it. Our university library doesn't have it yet, I guess, um, but I'll get on them. In fact, I, I didn't know the name of the uh, the new name of the Forest Biography because I'm looking at a well-thumbed copy from our <laughs> university library. Students have written notes in the margin. Uh, you've certainly engaged people with this book, I can say that. Um, but uh, Gone with the Glory, uh, this is about how the Civil War has been portrayed in film? Yes. Uh, yeah, I, try well, to take, uh, I t- try to take film at various points and uh, follow it uh, uh, both in terms of how it's been presented but also how that reflects history, how well or how poorly. And, of course, you can imagine as a person who's interested in film uh, how history, how Hollywood is done. Um, you know, there are moments where you can where you can get some... Some, some coverage of the of the war that uh, is is well done and so forth, but uh, there are times when you really have to struggle with some of the the stuff that's been produced. But uh, you know, if you talk about a movie like uh, Ride with the Devil, which has gotten some criticism because it it uh, it doesn't have as solid a storyline. In other words, it has a lot of different antagonists and protagonists. And so it's a little hard to follow, but in a lot of ways, I think it, it captures some of the spirit and and uh, certainly the circumstances of the border war. Uh, Pharaoh's army is based in Kentucky, and it's about uh, a Union patrol that comes to this small, isolated cabin and the circumstances that they uh, experience. And, and has outstanding actor Chris Cooper that's been in a lot of different movies, Nate Juan, and a lot of different things uh, that uh, he's one of those actors that you're going to say when you see him. I know I've seen him before, uh, but uh, he's not kind of like the George Clooney type that uh, he carries his own sort of aura about him, but he's an outstanding actor and he's done some great work. Now, we're just about out of time. What What's a, a truly bad Civil War movie? Well, you know, there's a, there are plenty of them. I guess one of them, uh, it's really kind of the tail end of the war when it gets on, is The Last Rebel, which is a Joe Namath uh, <laughs> film, and Joe is as bad as you would expect him to be. That, that can't um, be good. <laughs> yeah, it, can, it can't be good. Santa Fe Trail is a really horrible piece of history on film and uh, throws in all kinds of names just so they can say they did it. 
gives Ronald Reagan a chance to, to, to ride a horse and Errol Flynn and some others. So it's, uh, you know, it's pretty bad. And, and uh, there was actually a Telly's of the Ollis movie that uh, I guess, um, uh, I don't know, I, I'd have to look back and remember whether it actually benefited from Kojak or actually came before Kojak, but I don't remember. But it was called uh, A Reason to Live and A Reason to Die, and it and there's no reason to watch. I'll just say it that way. <laughs> well, it, the music tells it's time for us to fade into the sunset uh, once again, uh, always too soon as the, the show goes by. Brian, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you for this, and, and I appreciate the opportunity to talk with you. Well, it has been a pleasure. Uh, listeners, take a look at uh, the books we've talked about, and thank you very much for listening to Civil War Talk Radio.